Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Today, we are once again joined by Berkeley District Board of Supervisors Representative Ruth Larson. Welcome, Ruth. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, and you've been on now a couple of times. A couple of times, yeah. though it still makes me nervous. But... Oh, don't be nervous. <laughs> don't be nervous. So since you've been on the last time, you ended your chairman's year. Yes. And when, I guess, December 31st or whenever that officially, or it's the org meeting, probably. Right, which is pretty quick there after the first of the year. Okay. So. Do you have any reflections on your past year? Well, I'm very appreciative of my colleagues and the support that they gave me. Really, a chair's role is to run a meeting. But when you're dealing with an organization like the Board of Supervisors, you do sort of need someone that keeps us straight, you know, herds <laughs> cats, so to speak. Right. So there was some besi- behind the scenes type work that I did in relationship to retreats or making sure that if staff hadn't heard from all of us, hey, could you answer your email, trying to coordinate meetings and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was a very busy year. I will say that to me, it was the year of the meetings. Uh, I went to a lot of meetings uh, and I still do, Uh but, uh, but it was a good year and I really enjoyed it brought me into the county complex Mm -hmm. a little bit more. So that was great getting to see all of you more regularly Aww. than I get to. So, yeah. <laughs> well, good. Now, was there something that surprised you about the year? I don't know that there was anything that surprised me. It was such a busy year because, as you recall, we hired a county administrator. Right. So you throw in the pretty heavy schedule of being a board member with a hiring decision and, right. and one that's very important. Uh, Absolutely. One of three employees that we actually supervise. Right. And you go through a lot of applicants, you do a lot of interviews, and then you have a decision to make. And then there is getting that transition time down. Mm-hmm. And so we were very fortunate, as you know, we had Mr. Porter. And so he helped us tremendously, but then we had to get uh, Scott Stevens in and get him on board. And, and you all did such a great job with that and are still doing, I, you know, I think Scott is still uh, getting used to everything, but I think fitting in nicely Absolutely. Here. And so I wouldn't say that was a surprise, but it was an addition to a busy year. Sure. Absolutely. So Do you have, I know that at the organizational meeting, you all go through and you divide up all the different committees and boards that you all are on. Yes. Did you take on something new this year? I took on the Virginia Regional Jail Board. And so I've attended one meeting with that. And that's very interesting because that's a regional partnership. Right. So you get to go in and see, um, and James City County, I believe, is the only member that has a board of supervisors member on there okay so mr stevens is on that board with me but it's uh the county administrators and uh city managers and the sheriff so it's a different makeup than other boards that i'm on okay you are active in the tourism council i am okay what's going on with tourism you know with the tax that uh, senator normant put through last general assembly session which is a 1% additional sales tax with Mm -hmm. half coming to localities and half going into the Tourism Council. And we now have a Tourism Council that um, oversees the 
tourism efforts here in the greater Williamsburg area, and that is James City County, the city of Williamsburg, and the county of York. Okay. And so on the Tourism Council, we have representatives from, it's in the actual bill who is going to be on it. Okay. And so that's not any, we can't add somebody or an organization. It's spelled out in the bill. And so I do represent the James City County Board of Supervisors on that. And I am the treasurer of that organization. I will tell you, quite honestly, it took a little bit of time to kick that off because even though the the bill went into effect on July 1, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of work that had to be done. Sure. Uh, Checking accounts, uh, MOU agreements with the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. And so we really did not we were meeting, but we didn't have funds available until November. Goodness. Um, because it took the Commonwealth that amount of time right. to, to start giving us money. Plus, we had to get a bank. We had to go through the RFP process. You know, it was, it's a lot to go goes into it. Right. And so, but we are getting ready to get our third deposit uh, from the Commonwealth. So we're very excited about that. We uh, have looked at and have a marketing plan moving forward for 2019. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, that was one thing that got caught up due to the the time lapse. But we've uh, we're going to be doing a reserve fund with some of the uh, monies that we have coming in, so that next year we'll be able just to keep rolling. Okay. Because you have to do media buys, all this right, all this new stuff. I'm learning, you right. know, with marketing, and so we want to make sure that we have the money in the bank to continue the media buys, so that there's no there's no stopping, you know, the momentum that we have going. Right. And so we're very excited. Our we have got a group of business people and localities that came in and saw the marketing plan and we were represented by Laura Messer Mm -hmm. and she went in saw the marketing plan thought it looked good so Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about the rollout of that and bringing um, more visitors into the greater Williamsburg area I think that that is really exciting very good all right so I know recently you all on the board have had a controversial case. We have, yes. And when this podcast goes to air, we are going to be, I believe it's going to be the day of your work session meeting. Okay. Which is where you're actually going to vote. Yes. At that, or at least that's what's on the agenda. Sure. That's the plan. So we opened the public hearing. It was the Oakland Point, we should say, Workforce Housing Apartment Complex. And as you know, I represented the board on the Workforce Housing Task Force. Mm -hmm. And we know that there is a great need for workforce housing here in James City County. Now, there is um, some disagreement among uh, citizens about whether that's the right place for it to be. Mm -hmm. But right now, that is what is on the table for us. And so we opened our public hearing. We had about a four and a half, five hour meeting. Wow. It was a very, we had lots of people that came out and spoke. Which is Um, great. Exactly. And in favor and not in favor. Mm -hmm. So we closed that public hearing, and then uh, one of the supervisors brought up a motion. It was uh, Supervisor McGlennon who said, is it possible for the developer to go back and look at the amount of units? Okay. Um, The concern was traffic. Mm -hmm. Uh, The concern was schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stonehouse Elementary is full. 
this particular uh, apartment complex would feed into Norge. Okay. But Norge is getting there. And with Stonehouse being full, you cannot push to Stonehouse. Right. So, you know, these are some of the concerns that, that were raised. And so that motion was accepted by the board and the developer was willing. I mean, the developer could have said, I'm not going back to look at number of units. And okay. then we would have had to make a decision, right. you know, um, with that information. But the developer was willing to go back and look. So when we come back together at our work session, we are scheduled to vote on that. Okay. I think that that will happen unless it is a huge change. Okay. And, and then... If, um, you know, if a, if the board feels, okay, this is a very large change, uh, we would probably want this to go back to the planning commission oh, goodness. Okay. and then come back forward. But that is not what we're expecting. Okay. Uh, because again, the only thing that they were asked to look at was number of units. Okay. And so, um, yes, yeah, so the public hearing will not be open again. And we'll just go right into a discussion and a decision. Okay. Yes. It definitely shines a light on the fact that there aren't that many controversial cases before the board. Well, you know, we have not had too many new development cases before us, I Ah, don't think. I I asked uh, Mr. Purse, I believe about six, seven months ago, because you know, sometimes we, we get a little bit of a bad rap right. uh, where people will say, oh, we're just overbuilding, overbuilding, overbuilding the Board of Supervisors. So I said, you know, exactly how many have we had come before us? And, and we really hadn't had that many. So you do get a little bit more into this type of um, uh, controversial or for and against when you are bringing in new developments. Sure. Okay. Um, there's so many things, as you know, that have already been approved right that are on the books that are coming I I had a I went to a real estate office yesterday for one of their business meetings and somebody said growth growth and I said well here's the deal there's building permits that are out there that we they're out there and there's they're not coming back right and then there's buy right right so you know there is growth still coming so the big thing that we have to tackle is how do we deal with that Right. With infrastructure and um and, and also awareness, trying to make sure that citizens understand that we're that we are growing and that's going to mean more services mm-hmm. and that loops us back to uh, workforce housing. Right. And and how do we how do we try to ensure that all of our citizens have a safe place to live? Right. It's a tough job. And it's just great that the board, you all work so well together and it's genuine. It is genuine. I I think for me, that was so important Mm -hmm. with, uh, when I, when I joined the board is that I really wanted to be able to collaborate with my colleagues Mm -hmm. because you're not going to get anything done if you're not willing to collaborate. And you may not always agree, which you may see in, uh, when we bring this back before us, you know, this may not be a five zero vote, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I know that when we get up and walk out of there, we're going to be talking about, you know, how's, how's your son? How's your daughter? How are you? How's your dog? You know, um, we have so much more in common than we disagree on. And I know that there are some people on our board that are, that belong to certain political parties, mm-hmm. but 
so much of that does not play a role right. on the local government. And so there's no need for us to to disagree about that at the right. dais because right. we have very little control over what happens at the federal level. Right. And I wish we had more control over what <laughs> happened at the state level, right. but it doesn't work out that way. But, you know, I was telling somebody yesterday in this same meeting, I said, you know, you think about the federal government shutting down for that period of time. You would never be able to shut down local government. No. Because daily life here in James City County depends on a, the good operating of this local government. Mm-hmm. And police, fire, what you all do here, right. building permits, treasurer. I mean, we would not be able to shut down. So we have to be able to find solutions for our problems. It, that's a non-starter. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's actually really timely that you're talking about this because we're getting ready to enter into budget season. Yes. And that budget, that's important. And again, it's another opportunity for the public to come. Oh, please. It is It's. It is very important. And when we went to Richmond a couple of weeks ago to meet with our legislators, there was a lot of talk about, uh, I'll just take the teacher race, mm-hmm. for example. Virginia ranks very low in teacher pay. But as far as the local level, we have done a very good job of stepping in where the state, frankly, has stepped out right. and continued to. So when the governor proposes a 5% raise, the governor's not proposing a 5% raise from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Excellent point. Uh, he is perhaps uh, proposing a 1.5% raise from the Commonwealth of Virginia with the expectation that the local government will step in with the other 1.5%. But the governor's 1.5% only covers the SOQ positions, which is standards of quality, okay, which no school system in Virginia, none, operate only on SOQs. Okay. And that if people were interested in what that was, if you Google that, there's an explanation. It's, it's one principal per one teacher, one librarian, or half a librarian, or that type of thing. Okay. So we could not, in good faith, say to Williamsburg James City County teachers, well, here's the deal. Okay, we'll do one and a half percent. We'll meet that. But we're only going to do that for our SOQ positions. Those that we have hired beyond that, Mm -hmm. which you have to do in order to be the type of outstanding school system that we have here, we aren't going to give you a raise. Wow. We wouldn't do that. Right. So then we have to come up with the full amount for that position. So, you know, that's just the beginning of a lot of pressure on the budget. Right. And we've stepped in in a lot of places where the Commonwealth has stepped out. And Mrs. Mellon, I'm sure, could give you a full (laughs) uh, line of that. But so it is very important for citizens to come out and speak about what slice of a very large but yet small pie right. that that they're interested in and would like to see um, some some money put towards. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the school system, I think, is going to bring forward a elementary school and some um, expansions of their high schools. And so, you know, we've, we've got a big budget discussion ahead, I think. And this is the beginning of a two-year budget, right? right? Okay. All right. So, yes, please, uh, we've I imagine those budget hearings 
are on our website. I believe that they are. Okay. Yeah. If they're not, I'm, I'm sure that they will be. So we have work sessions. We have uh, public comment. I urge people to write, email, call. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And again, that website, jamescitycountyva.gov, you're going to be able to find all of you all's contact information on the board, as well as this year's budget, past year's budgets. So you can start to really understand yes. what all is involved in putting together a budget proposal. Yeah, that'd be great. Big deal. So another thing with citizens coming out to speak, I know that you recently had a community meeting about an intersection I or did. a couple of intersections yes. in your district. Yes. Thank you. And thank you also for all the help that, that you gave with getting the word out on that. So when... Scott Stevens came on board. He went out with each of us and and did a tour of our districts. We were touring in the Berkeley district. And one question that he asked was, tell me one thing in your district that you hear the most about. Okay. And so I I couldn't share just one. I shared a (laughs) couple. But I did get him to pull into a parking lot. And I said, this intersection here. And the intersection right below it is one thing that I hear about almost daily from my district. And it is the intersection of Route 5 and Centerville Road okay, and Route 5 and Green Springs Road. Okay. And they are heavily traveled. Right. Uh, as you may know, Jamestown High School is uh, right below. Uh, we have Patriots Colony. We have Governor's Land. But Route 5 to Richmond, you know, we have tourists, visitors, right. uh, locals that use that to get to work. Um, also, Capitol Trail. Right. So, in lots of residents live out there as well. It is also not the safest either one of intersections. Okay. And I have um, met with Rossi Carroll, who is our VDOT person, mm-hmm. on several occasions. We've talked, we've emailed. Uh, about my concerns about those intersections. And anytime I hear from a citizen, I share it with Mr. Carroll. And so decided that let's have a community forum. Let's see if the community can come together with some ideas to perhaps make this safer. Mm -hmm. VDOT has tried some things in the past. Okay. Uh, One of the things that they tried were rumble strips. Well, unfortunately... I don't think they realized about the noise. Oh. And so there were two sets, one right before you got there on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, those echoed into the backs of Fieldcrest and Berkeley's Green. Oh. And we had citizens that said it sounded like machine gun fire. Oh, my gosh. And it was going, of course, people are right. driving 24-7, so right. it was all the time. Really? Yes. And so... They removed the rumble strips, and now they've put up flashing lights. I think part of the issue with the flashing lights is that for those of us that live out that, we've just become complacent. Right. And it's just two intersections right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And the speed is not, it's it's not the lowest speed either. Right. And so Mr. Carroll came and, and spent two hours discussing data discussing decisions and why they get made and that type of thing when mm-hmm. it comes to road safety. Uh, one thing that did come out of it, they had done a big study in 2015. They did another one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the accidents have increased there. Goodness. Now, one 
thing that I was not aware of is if you're in an accident and it's $1,500 or below, $1,500 worth of damage or below, Mm -hmm. it's not counted in accident statistics. Okay. I did not know that. So later on, uh, when I have time, I would really like to talk to VDOT about that because I think as cars get safer, there might have to be a different way of looking at, not just for this intersection, but all intersections. So we now know that the number of accidents has increased in that area. We know which intersection the most accidents happen, and that's the Route 5 in Centerville. Though I will tell you, Route 5 in Green Springs is quickly behind. Okay. And so some things that were talked about were the fact that it's a very dark area. True. Uh, So could we increase some lighting? Could we, um, and I had said, because in talking to Mr. Carroll in the past, um, he had said that he did not think a roundabout was possible because there's very little um, easement. Right. And we also, not to um, confuse this conversation any further, but just to add that there is National Park Service land in this area, which makes it very hard because in 2015, when VDOT brought everybody together and said, you know, hey, what are some fixes for this intersection? The United States government was not interested in giving up a little bit of that land to make some road improvements. It is a very historical piece of land, but the part that we're talking about is a lot of swampy area. So, um, you know, I'm hoping that we can keep having some conversations Mm -hmm. about that and what that looks like. But he did say perhaps a roundabout. Okay. Um, it would be really tough to do a light because the two intersections are so close together. Right. Uh, we talked about doing a pork chop. Do you know what that is? No, I do not. So a pork chop would be at the end of Centerville, and it's a concrete barrier that looks like it's shaped like a pork chop. Okay. So you would come to the end of Centerville, make a right only. You would not be able to make a left towards oh. Jamestown High School. Okay. And then... If you were leaving Green Springs heading towards Jamestown High School, you would not do a left. So you would be, if you were coming from Jamestown High School, you could do right in, right out of Centerville. Uh, We also, it was also talked about that closing that end of Centerville, we talked about that with Chief Ash. Mm -hmm. Um, That brought some concerns about because of the response time for our first responders. It would add about two minutes to the residents in that area. So then we talked about, well, what if we put in gates, which is something that somebody had brought to my attention that lived up in Northern Virginia, said that that where they lived, there were gates on a road like that so that first responders could get through. Oh, interesting. But regular vehicle traffic could not. So there's a lot of things out there. And of course, you know, you talk about closing a road, that's... That's a that takes people a little getting used to as right. well, even though it's not the safest of roads. Right, but it's a very well traveled. It is a road. very well. Yeah. I travel it. Yep, so I, do I too. get it. Yep. And so, VDOT asked for four and a half months to okay. go back and look at some things. I've seen them out there already. Uh, some things that they're doing. They are cutting down some trees at the Capitol Trail because. As I mentioned, the Capitol Trail is there, and that just throws in a whole nother pressure on that intersection. Absolutely. So they are 
looking at cutting down some trees to help with the sight line. And Jason Purse has been talking to Dominion about trying to get some more lighting out there. Okay. So there are some things in play. Now, I should mention to you that last Saturday, there was another very serious accident at that intersection. I was not home, but I immediately received six or seven texts from people who were letting me know that there was another accident. And so people are very concerned and very worried. Mm -hmm. And so I would just take this as an opportunity because they did, VDOT did give out the statistics that night and... Some of the accidents that are there are caused by distracted driving. Okay. And just really ask people to, at any time, just try not to be distracted. I know that when I downloaded my latest update on my phone, Mm -hmm. it now has something that when I'm driving, it's in a do not disturb. Right. And so then when I stop, it pops up with my text and that type of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a really good feature. And one that I needed reminding of, frankly, too, because I'm in my car a lot going meetings to meetings to meetings. And sometimes I have a tendency to not be the safest. Right. And so now I have no choice. It's it's down, it's in my purse, and I'm not paying any attention until I get to my destination. So just stay alert. And if you have any ideas of people have been um, reaching out to me by email with ideas, I've gotten ideas about bigger stop signs. One of my constituents brought up that there's no big white line that says stop. Oh, okay. And, you know, I, I don't know why, why that is, hmm. but so I sent that to VDOT. Or is it possible to make sure that we've got striping there so right. that people, and I know that sounds sort of silly, but... Any type of reminder that you can get out that you've got a traffic pattern change ahead, I think can only help. But there's limited funds. And as I said at the beginning of my community meeting, I know that you all are so concerned about these two intersections, and I understand that. But I've got my colleague, uh, Supervisor Sadler, out in Stonehouse, Mm -hmm. who has just as many people that are really concerned about a piece of Rochambeau in front of Stonehouse and WCA, and they've been working with her about speed limits and signals. And so there's only so much money in the pot. And so we have to figure how we're going to do these things. And um, But safety is the number one priority. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and covering those big issues. There's a lot going on in the county. There is a lot going on. And the more people can stay engaged. And Renee, you do such a great job with social media. And I know everybody's not on social media, Mm -hmm. but I know there are a lot of grandparents and great grandparents that are on Facebook. And we have a Facebook page for James City County, which you really push out information. Well, and it is a total team effort. It is not just me. Well, and I really appreciate everybody on that team that's doing that. So I just urge people, if if they can, to like that page Mm -hmm. and stay up to date on what's going on. All right. Thanks. Well, as you know... (laughs) I like to ask a couple of fun questions. Okay. This is, you know, we learned about your dogs. Boomer. Yeah, boomers. Yeah. Um, Twitter, Twitter, yep. right? Yeah, but I'm not doing such a great job keeping that up. Last year, I was I was really busy, but I'll yeah. try to get back into that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have a couple more questions sure. for you today off of my handy-dandy list. I okay. have a list of questions now. So, first one. What is your favorite time of day and why? Oh, boy. 
Probably my favorite time of day is probably twilight. Oh, nice. If I'm home, Uh uh, you know, if I'm home, I like to, I usually am getting home about that time. I usually come in, light a candle, Mm -hmm. start dinner. You know, it's just Craig and I now. Our youngest went to college. And so, you know, we we try to do a good job of, of making meals together and eating together, but we're, we're both very busy. So, but it's, it's peaceful. It sort of mm-hmm. starts. I don't turn on the TV, sort of take in the, the quietness of right. it, think about the day. And because usually I have material that I have to start looking at in the, in the nighttime. Okay. And so it just kind of gives me a chance to regroup. Nice. Yeah. Very good. All right. And the second question, what is the scariest thing you have ever done for fun? Oh, boy. Oh, I am such a scaredy cat. So <laughs> that probably isn't just a that could be anything. Anything. Yeah, because I, I'm not crazy about heights, but okay. I've tried to do things if my kids are with me that I typically wouldn't do because right. I don't want them to see that fear in me. So then all of a sudden they're scared. Right. You know, so I've probably gone on some higher things than normal. I think uh, we went to a um, building when we were out in Las Vegas one time for a conference that had like you went out and it had a glass floor. Oh my gosh. That was it's it's almost giving me the sweats right oh now. Oh my gosh. Talking about it. Yeah. Yes. So that that type of thing tends to kind of get wow. me freaked out a little bit. Yeah. But you did it. I did it. Yes. But I wouldn't tell you I'd do it again. So but I did <laughs> no, it do but it you once. Did it. I did. Good. Yes. Yes. All right. And last question. What is your go to karaoke song? I've never sang karaoke, but but if I had to, it right. would be something with Journey. Oh, um, don't okay. stop believing. So when my my youngest <laughs> daughter is a swimmer, and so when you go to state meets, they usually play a lot of songs to get the kids hyped up, right? And so when she was she was young, we were happened to be at uh, Christiansburg Aquatic Center where she now swims for mm-hmm. Virginia Tech Go Hokies, and. <laughs> Um, they, the song came on, don't stop believing. Uh-huh. And so I think that was the time. Remember Glee? Right. And Glee was really big. And, and that brought back lots of really good songs. It, it yeah. did. And so, you know, parents are up there singing, kids are singing. And so I'm up there and I'm moving and singing. And I happen to look down at my daughter who's behind the block and she is mouthing, stop, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> so she cut me dead in my tracks. So that's probably one reason, because she was very young. I've never even attempted karaoke oh, or anything. Yeah. Funny. Oh, yeah. Stop. Just stop. Just so, stop. Yeah. All the other parents could continue, but not me. <laughs> not so, you. Yeah. But, um, and a shout out to my daughter at George Mason as Yay. well. Which go Patriots. Go Patriots. Um, she is getting ready to get on the water for rowing. And then uh, my son, Rob, I've talked about it a little bit. He had a house fire a year ago right. and he is back into his home very good and has a new dog that he adopted a, a rescue dog and so yes so i'm i'm really proud of um he and his girlfriend ellie and and their new dog ollie so oh, yeah very nice thanks well again thank you so much for coming back on the podcast it's thank you. always great talking with you thank you so much and thank you for all the work that you do to plug the podcast <laughs> well i love the podcast i'm so glad i i think it's really a 
another informative way to get information about the county out there. And and I really appreciate your initiative in doing it. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of This Week in James City County. Thanks for tuning in. As always, please take a minute to go online and subscribe to our podcast so you will never miss an episode. And while you're online, go to our website. We're at jamescitycountyva.gov slash podcast. And while there, you're going to find all of our podcast episodes as well as a form. And if you could take a minute to fill out that form, let us know what you think, what you like, what you think we need to improve, any show ideas, guest ideas, we would love to hear from you. So that wraps it up and we will talk with you next week.